0: fire your customer. So just be prepared uh, when you are developing your business to know that not every customer's voice or input, not every customer is the right customer. You have to consider what is your raison d'etre? What is the mission and purpose you're trying to serve? And if a customer is taking you away from that North star that you should be you know, starting to recognize that that is not perhaps the customer that is going to serve the business.
1: Welcome to another episode of the Top VC. I'm your host, Adam O'Donnell. I interview top CEOs, venture capitalists, and tech executives based in Silicon Valley and beyond. I ask them one question, what's one unconventional trend or strategy that's worked incredibly well? No fancy music, no fluff, boom.
0: Um, And it's not about not being, listening to your customer and and understanding the different directions. And maybe even that you the customer is taking you in a direction you should pivot towards, um, but uh, it's recognizing one you're actually subsidizing a customer by your activity, uh, rather than them being the source of revenue, uh, and a source of, of growth uh, for yourself. So yes. Yeah. Any any thoughts or questions? No. On this that? is incredible. Um, and
1: I mean, so as a former entrepreneur myself, like this one has kept me up at night because the challenge. It's like I know, like we know that conceptually, that like fire customers, like the wrong ones, the wrong fit customers. The problem is, in a startup, you're trying to figure out where you're hitting product market fit. So it's right. sometimes you're like, man, this guy's different. But is this represent a whole new area that we need to go into? You know, and and, and pivot the whole business in that direction. So. How do you put that in how do the context you know, of-
0: How do you know when it when it's taking you the right way? And I totally agree. Like in the when you're beginning a business, everything you're doing is unscalable and then you're finding out which things to automate, which things to scale. So you're actually losing money on your initial customers no matter what in most, in most operations. So like, you know, but the idea when you go out there as a, uh, and you're developing your customers is if you can make, you know, say you're a consumer business um, if you can make a hundred uh, customers happy uh, with your product, really, really satisfied with your product, then you can make a hundred thousand happy. And and so that 20 bucks a month in revenue, which is nothing, it doesn't even pay for your costs, becomes, you know, $200,000 a month. And that can start to develop a pretty good business and you can scale that from there. But but the But the issue is, and if you're an enterprise business, maybe... Maybe even it's just a question of getting three or four happy customers and then having that platform develop enough so you can get to 100 or 200 uh, or 300 Fortune 500 companies that are using your product, et cetera. But the question is, when, uh, when, is, when is the customer really bleeding you away from what you are doing um, and when do you know? Um, so concierging your business initially, you know, cheating every customer's needs in the, in the um, you know, in a really personalized manner, and even losing money on customers is okay initially. but it's just like, you know, you know, there's, I guess probably, I'd say three different ways. Um, number one is like if it's costing you more money on the customer than you're getting, that's sort of indicator one. Number two is if their needs are scaling more rapidly than what they are paying you for, that's number two. So if they scale their needs and if, and all customers are going to do this and they're going to say, oh, I want this a little different than what we agreed on or, or whatever. And that, But if they're scaling their needs a, in a way where their needs are scaling at a rate that they are not keeping up in the payments on. And if, if they don't get enough benefit from the third thing is if they're not getting enough benefit from this match that you're giving them of, of your capabilities or whatever you're developing for them, um, that they don't want to pay you more, that's another real clear indicator that this is not going to work, you know uh, in the long term. and you're basically bleeding your business for a customer that'll never be happy.
1: Oh my gosh. You're speaking right to my heart because I have done that. It's like you have those early guys, they paid some money initially, and then you keep you know continuing to increase your scope. You're trying to find more ways to add value. But a lot of those things that they're suggesting are actually not something that they're willing to pay for
0: right. Right. And it is not, you know, if it's, if it's something that they're like, Oh my God, if you could do this, I would pay 10 times more. Well, then that's, that's something, okay. Now you get to learn how to pivot, you know, to, to the market, which is the real market, you know, but if they're saying, Oh, if you do this, another 10 features, maybe it'll be worth what I paid you for. And it's like, Oh, well, actually we have other customers over here that are super happy, you know, and you know, you know, we really appreciate working with you and 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 seeing how this worked out. But you know what? If 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 you're not willing to sort of, you know, uh, if this does not make a a, trans, a really big difference to your business, then it's the wrong wrong uh, you know solution for for your uh, product. I mean, there's ways to back out of your relationship. When I say fire your customer, you never want to you know. Uh, you know, leave a bad taste in their mouth. I just say it as a way of waking you up to the fact that you don't have to do everything uh, that you wanted to do uh, because the scope is changing, right? You know, the scope is changing all along. You can never predict exactly what the future is gonna bring. And uh, sometimes uh, you will discover, unfortunately, that a customer is taking you far away from where you uh, thought you were going where you thought they thought they were going even. and as a result, uh, you end up being a services business and that is not scalable.
1: Absolutely. and it's so tempting because there maybe there's some incremental revenue or maybe the fear of losing that customer. So you're like, oh, we churn our board, we got a meeting coming up. We can't afford to you know lose some, th- this important customer, whatever. but it's having that discipline.
0: It is recognizing and recognizing it as early as you can, um, and, uh, and also doing it in a graceful way. So you can hand off, you know, perhaps hand off the customer to somebody you would have considered a competitor before, but you know, that they, you know, just trying to, uh, you know, solve their needs, but not with you, <laughs> not so that you're not so that you're the ones that end up subsidizing, you know, the one thing investors will understand more than anything is like, oh, we're subsidizing their business. This is not a scalable business, right? You know, if you end up doing something, which ends up being, you know, if you're losing $3 on every widget you're selling and by making more widgets, you're losing $6 on every widget, you you know, or whatever, it's something the investors are going to, you have to let the investors know why you're, why you're uh, headed a different direction and where, and you have to keep enough customers in the in the queue, so that you're working with a number of different uh, products, uh, a number of different needs at the same time. That's not always possible, uh, but um, but uh, you know, uh, it is something you need to try to work towards.
1: That's incredible. I was going to ask about just framing the conversation to the to the the your investors, but it's exactly what you're saying right now. Like they they get it 100% because they understand that in the beginning days you're subsidizing. So that makes sense. The the other question I was going to ask is so say you have 3 or 5 customers. Mm-hmm. That's it. And maybe they represent potentially different things, like a similar use case. Yeah. There's a company I'm talking to right now that has an interesting AI technology and they, they're part of their one market that they're considering is higher education. And they have like this huge potential contract and, and, and some significant revenue that's coming. And then another is, is just um, some other business use cases, but they're completely different markets. They, have, they those markets have no real connection. So you're not getting any overspray and focusing on just one. So like, yeah. In Challenge. those days, yeah, it's like—is there? I mean, what I suggested was like, "Hey, put a three-month timeline and continue to try both and see which has more pull." But do you have any other suggestions in
0: well, those earlier days? You know, it's 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 interesting uh, because you know a lot of times, actually, just sort of loading in too heavily on one customer uh, prevents you from pivoting to the real business where the real opportunity is. So once you figure it out, and I know that you're you're saying that. At this point, that particular business hasn't quite figured it out. There's not enough, it's all noise, no signal yet. So you, you're taking multiple data points from different fields, that makes sense. But if you are actually looking at uh, you know, at trying to do two things for two different markets at the same time, different channels, different messaging, different you know, websites, different whatever, because those speak to different needs, it does become a very much more complex business very quickly. One of the reasons why you would fire a customer is at the point where you do make the determination that you need to pivot. You need to pivot with all of your resources and throw away, you know, the, the, the even, uh, you know, customers that, that are with your older products. You know, sometimes you have to sort of say, okay, this is in maintenance mode. Uh, we are not gonna add new features here. If you want to, if you want support, you're going to have to go with this new product line, and hope, and hopefully that will work for you. Uh, I've had to do that more than once in my lifetime. But without that agility and without that, you know, every company has is resource constrained, and the biggest thing about the resources is what's in between the ears. You know, like what is are people thinking about, and how many balls can they juggle? In most cases, you can't juggle too many balls before dropping a whole bunch so that focus of of being able to say okay that's no longer a market of interest because we got to nail this one this is the 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 thing that really matters cut away product lines that aren't uh producing or, or or selling uh the way that they need to and focus 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 on the one message so those are those are ways uh that that this also has implications you know in terms of firing customers it's it, I say fire customers. It's such a cruel and crude thing to talk about. It's not the way you treat customers, but it is. There is a way to have those conversations in a mature way.
1: Boom, Sean. Thank you so thank much. Thank you. This has All been right. Amazing. Take care,
0: Adam. It's a great pleasure awesome. chatting.